CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, the Asian Avengers. So weak. The Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Got wow. Together. Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. Or you can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Asian That Asian Podcast, podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American cares about. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. Uh, it's Mike Nguyen. And quick shout out to our network, Listening Party, and uh, Canal Street Radio. Check out those guys on Instagram, at Listening Party Presents, and at Canal Street Market. Also, if you're listening to this on your phones right now via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever, please take a screenshot and post it on Instagram stories and tag us at Asian That Asian Pod. And tell us, you know what, the year's wrapping up. Tell us what your favorite episode was this year. And that'd be, that's oh, really that's nice. nice. That's and nice. a lot of our Fans have been doing that recently, so that's, that's been nice. that's been great. And as always, if you're an iTunes listeners, please leave a review. Um, we haven't seen each other in a while, Mike. We haven't. I we ha- this is the first time we're back in the lab. Yeah, in like three weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I've been away. I was on vacation. Yeah, we, we had away. Thanksgiving. That's we had right. All that's sorts right. Of shit. That's right. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? I did. I hung out with um, uh, white people and some mixed race people, and that was really. <laughs> That's how you perceive the world. <laughs> That's how I perceive the world. White, mixed race. So yeah, that was you know it was very very traditional. I ate yeah. a lot. It was it was sweet. You you yeah. went to Italy. How was that? Yeah. So I do this thing. So my you know I'm an immigrant myself, and so is my girlfriend's family, and so we don't really do Thanksgiving. Right. Like, we don't really fuck with turkey. So right. My girlfriend and I were just like, why don't we just go? And also, my parents don't live in the country anymore. So we're just like, why don't we just go take oh, a vacation every nice. Thanksgiving? So I've, I've been doing that for the past three years. So right. I went to Italy, um, you know, and I was very excited. Americans love to hype up Italy, right? So I was very, very excited. To Italy is the place where you, it's that's where white people get their mojo back. Yeah. It's like people really, really, I mean, every food channel on Food Network is about yes. Italy, right? Yes. So I'm very excited. I went to Spain two years ago. The food blew my mind. I was like, I Spain, can't Spanish food is amazing. Right. So I, I, I go there and, uh, you know, I had a couple like funny things happen on the way, like, um, I was telling you about how um, the airport in Rome is called Fumicino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was on my ticket, and like my name is Fumi, and so for like 45 minutes, I thought that was how you say my name in Italian. <laughs> you just change everything. Yeah, I was like Fumicino. Fumicino. <laughs> hey, welcome. You're no longer Fumi. <laughs> so that's how it started. That's no, sick. we were there, and like it was a really cool time. I mean, I think what people don't realize about Italy is that like depending on where you are, like it looks like a different country. So like. Yes. Uh, the South is just so different from the North. Right. Milan is very much like New York City, very much like Shanghai, Tokyo, like very modern, modern with some, you know, tones of hi- yeah. historical buildings and stuff like that. South is like, the South is crazy. I mean, it is, it is, there is trash everywhere. Oh. It's, it's very dirty. Yeah. Um, a little bit more it, gritty. More, more mixed race because I think you got people from like Africa coming in. And a lot of people from like Bangladesh are there, like Makes a lot of immigrants there trying to make it. And But the main thing that surprised me was, uh, the food was like just okay. Really? It was just okay. I mean, the pasta is good. The tomatoes are fresh. For sure, the cheese yeah. is good. The wine right. is amazing. But like, I don't know. It, my girlfriend, every meal, we're just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then like by the 20th meal, it's like, what is happening? Like, is it just really? And it, you know, it wasn't just like, it was it, like mind not, blowing. And we didn't go. It's not like we went to, um, you know, we didn't go to those like, Top fifty world restaurants, right? Or whatever, but you right? want to have like you want to eat what like everybody else is eating. So that's, like, that's you what know? I'm saying. And it's like you know when we were in Spain and we went to Peru, we just like 
went to whatever we looked right. some stuff up and we're like okay this is good so we go there and it was very good in its own way you know similar to like you know you've been to like japan or korea like right, you just eat astounding. a little rice ball from 7-eleven it's like it's pretty oh, good like the best right? rice ball i've ever had so i was expecting that but yeah it was like kind of just super okay and we were talking about yeah, why, why that why might do you be think that is and my theory is that um, Italian American Italian food is so popular in America that like I've just uh, had a lot. You've of had it. a lot, so you can't and you know what's good. You can't really surprise me, right? You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like somebody giving you like the best bowl of rice ever. Right. You'd be like, it's good, yeah, but it's like it's just rice. You yeah, know? yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. way I kind of felt about like pasta and stuff. You know, I feel that like with Italian food because it's a lot of it's really simple. Yes, it's just like that, noodles, yes. sauce, like tomato. Yes, and it's like yeah. And you know, then that really depends just on like how fresh everything is. And if you don't got like a nana somewhere, like m- m- fucking making the pasta right there in yeah. front of you and handing it to you, then it's, everything's going to be like it's okay. Yeah, I think I think p- we took a cooking class, and that that food was probably the best food we had because it was so fresh. It was so good. Yeah, that's the thing. But the, the philosophy behind Italian cuisine is like freshness. Yeah, that's why like n- the Neapolitan pizza is not considered a Neapolitan pizza unless you're using like cheese and flour from that oh, region. Oh, interesting. Right? Uh, so it's about freshness. So like. I think Italian people are eating really well in their homes. Yes. But maybe at restaurants, it's just like it's not. Just like whatever. It's just not. I guess it's just not going to be fresh unless you go to those like crazy expensive restaurants. You know It'd be mean? great if like Italian people. I don't ever met like too many Italian people from Italy. Yeah. And, like if they come here and they're just like eating at Olive Garden, just like, ah, oh, this is so good. <laughs> so fresh. Oh my God. Uh, this is much better than we have in the Naples. Yeah. I think um, one other thing I was thinking about this entire trip is like, do you, do you go to Europe often? I feel like I, I do. I do like Europe. I, I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, I I go to Paris like well, not all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not a rapper, but like you know, like I love. Yeah. I do like. I do like it. But you started going as an adult, right? Yes. You didn't go as a kid. No. If you're a kid and you're going on vacation, you would not go there, right? At least for me, I would just I go to like saying. Asian countries. Yeah. Um. So I didn't know much about Europe, and I went there, and it's so interesting because it's like so fucking old. It's Everything old is fuck. so old, and Dude. like I, I went to Florence, like most of the streets aren't even concrete. It's like yeah, cobble, it's all cobblestone. And I was like walking around, and I'm like, this, like you guys took over the world, like <laughs> this, this shit, like <laughs> you don't even have good infrastructure. Yo, like what is this? When I yeah, when I was in I was in London, I, I've been a few times because I got some friends there, and. The way that the British are also they they ha- they used to rule the world right I mean right. literally yeah right yeah and then but then and but they've done horrible things for like a thousand years yeah 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 and the way they talk about it it's so funny it's like if in Disneyland the prince that like lives in the castle was a horrible war criminal yeah right like so it's like <laughs> it's like oh here's our you know edward the third you know and the way they talk about the history is like they kind of like they realize that it's terrible but yeah it's yeah, like, yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. he sure loved women if you know what i mean <laughs> you know i'm just like oh my god and that's the only thing he did and that's it and uh you guys let's move to the gift shop everybody yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah well um welcome back yeah welcome thank back you, thank you and, and I'm, was... I'm, I'm excited all right well speaking of history <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? Nice. Uh, our guest today. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe she came. I can't believe it. You know, it's it's a miracle. I don't know if I'm not sure if this is the real her. <laughs> this could have been. I don't a, think this is. <laughs> I think I think I. I well, we'll let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, our guest today is. Uh, she's a, she's an author, man. She's a recipient of fellowship in fiction from the Guggenheim Foundation. Fancy. Um, 
and the Radcliffe Institute of Advanced Study at Harvard. Harvard? <laughs> Do we know this? Dude. I've never had to say stuff like this. This person's not even wearing a Harvard sweatshirt. I know. It's usually like, this guy's been on Comedy Central. Yeah, so yeah. This, this is all this new to person, me. Yeah, this person's got like over a thousand followers yeah. on Twitter. But you know what? Let's <laughs> just skip all the bullshit, okay? She's the author of this amazing novel called Pachinko, which yes. was released in 2017. If you haven't read it, check it out. Super it was good. a finalist for the National Book Award for Fiction and a bunch of other awards. So let's give it up for the amazing Min Jin Lee. Yay. I am so happy to be here. It's Thank you for coming. I feel that you are the first adult who has ever been on <laughs> That is so true. You have a blazer on. Oh my God. You like, I, did you have a, yeah, oh yeah, your shoes are amazing. Thank you, thank you. you, you I, I wore, I, I was trying to impress you. You impressed me. I was trying to impress you. Are me. these yeah. the uh, Comme des Garçons? They are. They're oh the my Comme God. Comme des Garçons, uh, Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Ex collaboration. Yes, the collabs. These are fire. Yeah. These Yo, are yeah. fire. You I, have, right? I have three pairs of these. What? No way, really? Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, you're <laughs> doing, do. doing pretty well for yourself, huh? I am, yeah, thanks. No, actually, my feet are so wide because I've descended <laughs> from rice peasants, like yeah. patty workers. Yes, yes, yes. So I really can't even wear regular shoes. So you, you will never see me dropping money on Manolo's because I couldn't get my you toe in get, it. Yes, no, exactly. You so got I basically the, wear clown shoes. These are clown shoes. They're amazing. Thank I love you. them. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 you have like research that you brought. I did. Yeah. I you did. have, you have all this stuff. I, you say you're a fan of ours. I'm you a huge fan. Really? Yeah. Uh, but absolutely. is it you found out about us because I emailed you, right? No, I knew about you guys because I follow all these Asian American comics. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. You're a fan of Karen Chi. Yeah, I'm yeah, a Karen fan that's of That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Well, welcome to the show. So I found that because of the people that you've had, and then I and then right. I heard from you. I was like thinking, oh yes, I'm gonna do that show. You know, it's funny. I reached out to you because I was watching your interviews, and like we always try to get authors or writers on here because like they have brilliant minds and they have like an interesting way of looking at the world. But you are funny in your interviews, oh, thank but you. you're always being interviewed by these like lame ass dudes, <laughs> and they don't <laughs> laugh at your shit. And I'm like, this she's funny. So I was like, I gotta get her on. So I reached out to you. No, if I had more courage, I would do stand up. But I don't more have courage. courage. More courage. You're an author. <laughs> no, no, no. But you guys actually have to take it from people who are drunk. Like people who come mm. to my events are oh, not drunk. Oh yeah, but, but sometimes but I feel they're judgy. Yeah, people at your events are judgy. No. Yeah, no, there are no, there are definitely haters and assholes everywhere. Yeah, mm. absolutely. However, what I think is sort of interesting is that the reason why I like comics is because you guys are writers. Uh, you wow. guys are storytellers, oh and you God. are wow. in the tradition wow. of the poet. You guys, what? What? tradition <laughs> of the poet? So oh much. I study literary theory, so I can actually confirm it. So, wow. Okay, hit me. Go. So be before <laughs> before prose, which is what I do, okay. there was poetry, and right. the word poem actually comes from the word song. You can't actually just write poetry; you have to say it. What you guys are doing oh. are combining saying things and oral storytelling, the oldest tradition of storytelling. And oh that's what stand-up comes from. Stand-up wouldn't work unless you guys told stories. That's true. Let and then just, uh, whenever, we tell, whenever we tell jokes, there is rhythm. People don't realize true. it, but there is, there's yeah, a rhythm I, to I always it. feel that. I oh, and like patterns. A, yes, I, pattern. I always yeah. notice the musicality to comedy. Absolutely. And like, that's the part I enjoy the most. There's a lot of music. You can like lower your voice at certain points, yeah, pause. Yeah, pause. Yeah, it is very musical. If you could just, re if I could just record you saying yeah, that. Yeah, could you say that I one more time? Do you want me to call parents? your parents and say, <laughs> what they're doing is really <laughs> important? Well, actually, I don't know, because then it's like, wait, so my son is actually a poet? And then just a clicking sound. Uh, we're so excited. So we're uh, we're excited about. Uh, I, I have to admit, I've only just started reading Pachinko. I'm, That's okay. I'm, I'm like 200 well, pages. You know what? Over. It's my fault because I was supposed to lend it to you like it's four no, months it's ago. It's no problem. Oh, um, I would have brought you free copies. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so uh, you know, it's so far amazing, um, and th this is a big deal because Fumi, I don't know if you know this, mm. does not read. I don't, he, I don't read. He does not read. But something amazing <laughs> happened. You released your book. 
Yes. And I read it. You read it. And then I got into books. So now I read now. Oh, I actually get this all the time. <laughs> really? I've had so many Asian American men contact me and say, I don't read fiction, but I read your book because yes. somebody made me read it. Like literally like someone put a gun to their head and said, you got to read Pachinko or else I'm going to kill you. Yes. And yeah. they read it and they're going, oh my God, now I'm reading Anna Karenina. And they write me these long letters and I think, oh, I did something. It's, it's crazy. You and I, you know what I realized? It's because like, I mean, obviously like I fucking read books in college and stuff, but a lot of the <laughs> stories were like, I guess just to me, I wasn't, like I, I think I just I was never good at like seeking the right kind of books for me, you know. And I, I think the stuff you read in school, are like it's like the classics, and it's yeah, not always the most interesting things, you know. I'm reading like Plato and like whatever you read in high school. Plato's good. Yeah, I mean it's fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's all right. But but like I mean I think with your stuff, you know, a they're just. There's also, and I've been reading a lot of Asian American authors after I read your book. I started reading the sympathizer. I read the sympathizer, which guy, is like an insane. He it's liked insane. one of my tweets. We should get that guy. We should. Yeah. Oviet is great. great. And then I, I read Ocean Vuong, and Ocean is th- great. There's just something about. I think it's a mix of a the content is just interesting to me, especially Pachinko. And you know, I don't want to like spoil the book for anybody, but it's about like the Korean immigrants living in Japan, and that's something that I I I, I was born there, and so like I I heard about it kind of through little media pieces here and there and then I learned more about it when I first moved here and I met some of these people who call themselves like the, they're technically like the Zainichi people and I the kind of started, started like Wikipedia and it's always been a topic that I've been interesting, interested in but like nobody ever taught me anything about it because it's still like a weird thing and then so already the topic was so interesting to me and I realized like oh only you could write something like this for me like I can't expect this kind of story from you know Fucking JD Salinger or whatever you right, know what I'm right, saying right. like I Mark remember, Twain. Yeah, I remember once like. And also, they're dead. <laughs> yes. They are dead. That's, <laughs> a, that's a big part. That's, yeah, a, that's, big a, part. A, that's, a, that's a huge problem. So I remember when I, I, I was like, I also was like. Oh, by the way, thank you so much. <laughs> they, I was More compliments to, are on the way. Yeah, I was, I was trying to get into reading. I mean, I, I like to read, but then I remember once I was re- I was reading a bunch of short stories because like yeah. I had a really short attention span, and I remember reading you know and all those collections of short stories are always just white guys, and I was reading one and he had an Asian woman character in it and it was so obviously n- not right. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just, he had that character in it just because he wanted a hot chick. That was really <laughs> what it was. It was like, yes, I yes, want yes, a hot, yes. because it was like, oh, then she used, you know, she, she's like this Asian American woman. She like got into her like drop top, like convertible and like waved at me. And yeah. I was like, no one, I've never ever, I cannot imagine anyone doing that. Yeah. 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 But it, like, you know, the, the books that you write, you automatically feel like you know who they not know who they are but like there's so much unsaid backstory to a lot of it i feel thank you you know i I wanted also i really like asians (laughs) do you (laughs) no no you'd be surprised there there are asians and asian americans who don't like asians that's true yeah we talk about that and you feel it and you feel it and actually i really like asian and asian men Oh, Asian American men. So then I right. write about really hot, interesting, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that that makes a huge difference yeah. because I see them as human. And you may think that's an obvious thing. No. Yeah. But it's not. And right. actually in Western publishing, which is so white, it's clear. Yeah. That <laughs> it's really difficult to actually convey that we're interesting. We're really, really fascinating. We have so many fucking stories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I recently had somebody who's Asian American ask me, are you going to continue to write about Koreans? And I thought, what does that even mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, am I done now because I've written two books on it? I was right. Like, There's only two stories. Yeah. No, There's no. We only have, <laughs> we only have, Korean people only have two stories, right. as you know. <laughs> right. Yes. You got them all. <laughs> I'm done. So You're the book, done. Yeah, we can just close that part of the library well, now. You know, yeah. it took you a long time to write this book. 
30 years. 30 years. 30 yes. Years. Wow. Did you, so I guess like, you know, can you talk to us about like what first made you go, you know, hey, let, let's write a story like this. Was it way different from how it turned out? You know, like, could you walk us through some of that? Yes, I got the idea when I was 19 years old. I heard a really sad story when I went to a lecture by accident. I went to the lecture because I was trying to avoid going to class. Yep. And oh, well, that makes no sense. No, that <laughs> makes. Sense. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys were always at the library, unlike me. And um, and in this lecture, this guy was talking about this, you know, the Korean Japanese history, which I knew nothing about. Sure. And then he mentioned this really sad story about this 13 year old boy who was Korean Japanese, who killed himself. And then, of course, later on, they found out that his classmates had written, essentially, go back to where you belong, I hate you, you smell like kimchi, and die. And I heard this story, and I was really surprised because this boy was born in Japan, and his parents were born in Japan, and the guy who was giving the lecture was a nice white guy who was doing Christian stuff in Japan. And I had a lot of friends who are Japanese and Japanese-American, and I was like, what are they talking about? I don't understand this. And then I kind of like had this thing in my brain, and after I quit being a corporate lawyer, I started to write this book. And of course, I wrote a really shitty draft. I wrote such a bad draft that I ended up doing something else. And then I worked on this book for about 30 years. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, so was the original draft a book about, was it mainly about this boy or was it? No, no. It was mostly just about the law. Oh, okay. Mm. Like, that's how fascinating it was. It was so boring. (laughs) And I think that I was so obsessed with getting things correct Mm. that I wasn't really interested in the stories of people. And when I lived in Japan for four years, between 2007 and 2011, I met all these Korean Japanese people, and many of them were married to Japanese people. Many of them loved Japan. And they looked at me kind of like, what are you so pissed about? Mm. I mean, yes, discrimination exists, but it's everywhere. And again, that's really true. There's discrimination everywhere. And there's also structural discrimination everywhere. And their attitude about it was, it's really fucked up. However, I know how to deal with it. And they, mm-hmm. and they didn't want my pity. Yeah. Oh. And that was really mind blowing to me because I kind of thought as a former lawyer, like, this is not right. How can they do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, oh, I have to throw the book away. And I started all over again. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I found your, first of all, this is crazy that this is true. It's the first English written book about this topic ever. That's insane. Yeah, so it is insane. You, you talk about like, you know, especially when you're writing, I, I guess, like a, a story based on, you know, something that happened kind of long time ago. You know, how do you research this thing that hasn't really been researched? Like, where do you even start? Well, there's actually a lot of academic research. Okay. And I feel very comfortable with academic and legal research. So that was really helpful. But then what's interesting is that you have to take all that data and information and actually make it into a story. Somebody wants something. Somebody doesn't get something. And then somebody figures out how to deal with uh, not getting it or getting it. Mm -hmm. That's what a story is. You know, that's how you begin a story. And I think... What I did was I just did a ton of interviews. I did as yeah. many interviews as I humanly possibly could within Japan for four years. And I had to fund it myself and hire translators because I don't speak everything. Right. And it ended up really humbling me. And maybe in a way it wasn't a good thing because it made me take longer. Yeah. Mm. Because I didn't feel confident. And again, I thought, oh, if no one's going to write this book, why should I write this book? How am I qualified to write this book? I'm not Korean Japanese. And I'm writing it in English. Mm. So that made me even do, I, I just kind of doubled down on my homework. I just kept on doubling down on my homework until now I feel like, I know everything, you can ask me. 
Mm. That's amazing. So, do you feel like you needed to have like <coughs> know everything in order yes. to have permission to write it? I was okay. totally a coward. I didn't want to get called out for saying, "Hey, you're Korean American. How dare you?" Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. thought, oh. "I'm ready. I'm ready." If you ask me that question, and now I've had so many Korean Japanese write to me saying, "Thank you so much for writing my you know story," blah blah blah, and it's really lovely because I was so afraid they were going to come out and. Drag me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> should we, for the listeners who may not know what is exactly going on, should we give a, a quick background of what oh, we're talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. About? No, yeah. no, it's okay. This is my fault. So the you Korean, should do it because you're sure. the research person. So the Korean Japanese arrived in Japan usually during the colonial era, between mm. 1900 to 1945, mm, mm. around that area, right? And they came for to become workers. And some of them were forced there, and some of them came intentionally as economic migrants because there was very little going on in Korea. Now, and then they were treated very badly, often a second or third class citizen. Now, Korea and Japan and China, all these East Asian countries that are very Confucian, they have a huge stratification of class. Sure. And so they had it even if it was just themselves. Yep. And Koreans are often on the very, very bottom. And even Korea, for example, right now, I mean, until... Until the end of the war, Koreans had a kind of a concept of slaves. Mm-hmm. So, and most people don't know that. They don't like to talk about it, but they did too. Mm-hmm. So people who had no opportunities in Korea went to Japan. And some of them were brought and some of them were went intentionally. Right. And then, they, of course, they stayed. And they stayed for, they're still there. There are about 800,000 Korean Japanese in Japan right now. And they still suffer from social and economic and legal discrimination, even today. That's wild. Mm. Do you know that um, a lot of celebrities are yes, yes, and athletes? What is uh, so like that was the part I was a little confusing. Is like obviously like this is all true, and I've heard about the discrimination. But then it's like, oh, there, there's a really famous uh, pop group that was really popular in 2000 called mm-hmm. SMAP, mm-hmm. and I think they're all, if not a lot of them, are descendants of Koreans. So then it's like you have this weird thing where it's like. You know, they are the most famous and popular people in the country. Right. But also, there's this whole discrimination aspect of it. I don't know if you like, if the people talk to you about that or They talk like about that. that all the time in the same way we have LeBron James, mm. but we also have Black Lives Matter. The mass incarceration yeah. of America really inflicts basically black and brown people. Right, 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 right. right. And we can also say we had a black president, so are we in a post racial country in the United States where things are really equal? Of course fucking not. Mm. So I think that we allow one or two people to be successful or a teeny tiny percentage, but the rest of us, rest of them, if we feel threatened by them, we will jail them, kill them, and shoot them and treat them very badly. Mm-mm-mm. Damn. That was a bummer. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> one thing, like one little detail. Have I like, a good day. Yeah, one thing I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not Korean. Um, my wife is Korean, so I inherited her suffering. So one, one thing I and, want her to read her, this book and her joy. Yes, and her and joy. Her joy. Her deep. There's a lot of things actually. Koreans are funny and silly. They're we're very just, silly. Oh my silly. gosh, she's a goofball. So, yeah. so um, I feel there's a lot of things, even though I'm not. A Korean like there's a lot of things where I'm like oh wow there's there there's a lot of suffering in this time you know and I'm just keep I just keep thinking like what's happening in Vietnam at the same time like we like flashed over to like what's happening they're in totally Vietnam. connected absolutely connected yeah. and one thing I was oh that w- that's there's a little detail that I never really kind of wrapped my head around ever was that the characters in your book there's a lot of food right there's like you know the, the characters use food in order to like can obviously to survive but then also to kind of like build a somewhat career 
right? Um, and one thing is like they the characters don't eat white rice a lot, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't realize that. And, and is that something also you like stumbled upon? You realize like oh, white rice is because like for now now in America we're trying to avoid white white rice. I know. You know, go back know, to Chipotle has that brown rice option. Now. Fuck that! <laughs> you don't know how how luxurious white rice is, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna be pouring that on myself. But like you know, is how how did you come across that little detail? And then like you know, is that like. Uh, was that a choice for you to emphasize that? Well, it was really that? important because when you're poor anywhere, yeah. you're always hungry. Sure. So food becomes a number one thing. So anytime you read war memoirs or diaries, yes. you see how much it is important to have either bread or rice, the primary, the, the lowest level of food that you could get. So I read actually a lot of diaries by Japanese housewives who are young yeah. and very poor, like lower middle class. And so, for example, even they couldn't get white rice. So mm-hmm. imagine if you are socioeconomically even below them, right. you're not going to get, I mean, wood chips. It's really hard to survive. Shit. So Korean, I mean, I'm sorry, Japanese mid, middle class, whatever that means, housewives would send their child, if they lived in the city, on a train with like a really valuable kimono to the country in the hopes they would take this most expensive, valuable thing that they owned like an egg or a potato. Shit. Oh, that's how God. bad it was. Because that's why farmers were so important in Japan during yeah. the war. Right. Damn. Another bummer. Another bummer. <laughs> Another bummer. Okay, you know what I want to ask about? Um, <laughs> I know, so go eat your rice now. I'm going to eat. I got a whole bunch of rice. I know. In Car- carbs are good. Carbs are, your brain needs carbs. Okay, this is a crazy <laughs> thing that I wanted to ask you about because I... So I went to Japan in 2017. Just I, I try to go back every other year, and I wanted to go to Osaka. My family is not from there. My family is from Chiba. I don't have any family on like the western. My husband is actually half Japanese. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, is that why you moved there? Uh, he, yeah, he got he a, a job, job there. He got a job there, and also he's half Japanese as a first language. He was born in Japan. He's half Japanese, half Korean. No, he's half Japanese and he's half white. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so I I actually got an Airbnb off the Tsuruhashi stop. And when I read the book, I was like, I fucking stayed there. And then now everything just came back. I mean, this is how fucking dumb I am. I, I didn't realize that was Koreatown. Like, I saw Korean letters everywhere. But I guess it's just because, like, I am I live here and, like, I see Korean letters sometimes. I just, like, didn't really think anything about it. And now it's mostly it. Vietnamese people. There. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yo. They're there. Oh, yeah. shit. Why don't you guys sneak in there, dude? <laughs> <laughs> we're all, we're, we go wherever, like, other people are. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, wait, there's some Koreans up in there? Oh, shit. There, <laughs> there are 96 million Vietnamese people. They're in Japan? more no, oh, in, no the world. in the world. <laughs> I mean, there are 96 million people who live in Vietnam. Yeah. Right? There's only t- 50 million Korean South Koreans and yeah. 25 million North Koreans. We always hear about Koreans, but actually there are more Vietnamese yeah, than yeah. there are. Oh, shit. We got, hey. we got, we got <laughs> but there are more Japanese than there are Vietnamese. It's 126 million Japanese oh, back people. Back on top, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys aren't fucking, though. We're not no. fucking, yeah. You guys true, are just true. fucking You guys pillows. need to fuck more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, I love that we've got this National Book Award finalist to say fuck on yeah, I know, it's really... That was a, we're just going to have main. that on. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so one thing I, I, I want to talk about is, um, you know, my, you know I, I told my wife about this, and, you know, She's she's Korean American. She's got a lot of Han. She's she's hating on Japanese people all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And really? So, oh. Yeah. Like like in a, it's almost like a, like an inside joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's not like she really she doesn't she she doesn't like fool me for other reasons. But like <laughs> she you know she, she <laughs> being Japanese is the best thing about you know it's like you you grow up and you're kind of like man you gotta be careful of Japanese people. Um. So when when as you wrote this book and as you you know were doing your interviews did your perception of because there's a lot of like you know korean japanese kind of animosity 
do you feel like you like the uh, as you were writing this like that your opinion changed or did you like kind of realize things about it because you were saying for example like you, these people didn't want pity or and when you, your first book it sounds like it was maybe something where you were trying to write a wrong and then as you evolved like you know how, how can you walk us through some of that well i really felt like what i heard was so disturbing and because i read so much sociology economics anthropology and history mm-hmm. all this data it confirmed that people were being treated badly and i thought oh i'm just gonna go in there and write this story Right. And I'm just going to tell them what happened. And then I read it and I thought it was really boring. And then when I met everybody, their attitude right. was, yeah, that did happen. However, we could have left. Mm. And it, when we couldn't have left, because there were moments when they really couldn't leave, because yeah, then yeah, that, yeah. that means they would have given up all their property For sure. in order to go. But their attitude was, there are things about here that I like. And also when I went back to Korea, they weren't nice to me. Oh. So you you will hear that from every single Korean Japanese person you ever encounter. Ask them, have you been back to South Korea? And they'll go, yes, I have. And then you'll ask them for the first time, what were you thinking about when you went there? And they'll all say, I thought I was going to go back to the place where they wanted me. Mm. And then immediately they will tell you that was not their experience. So I take to task a lot of Koreans who are assholes to people who are born elsewhere. Mm. So if you're American-born Korean, if you're an American-born, let's say, Chinese, you're treated differently when you go back to the place of origin where you either came from or your parents or your grandparents. And I always find that to be weird because we're diasporic people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And we belong to another class of people where we actually have the privileges of the West, but then we also have the bullshit of the place where we came from. So I had to think about that. that, uh, Why is that? Because you mentioned that in the book. It's like... Authenticity. But like even back then it was still authenticity? Well, and they also felt betrayed. Who the Korean people living in Korea? Exactly, felt they'll feel like we we got stuck here. Oh, you, got oh. you left, right? Yeah, and you got you got stuff, and I'm still here, and now you want stuff from me? No, oh. dang, that's what happened, and, and that's it's wild. Well, it makes sense though, right? Yeah, it does yeah. make sense, but it just really says a lot about like humans. Does this? Yeah, you know? yes. not even yes. about yes. ethnicity or, or you, nationality. You know, do you get like? I mean, there's a lot of bummers that have already happened in this episode so far. <laughs> but like, bummer did you three, get a bummer? Did you get a bummer from that, or did you? Were you like, wow, it's 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 really more about this is just how people are. I actually don't think it's a bummer. I actually feel much better when I know stuff. Okay. And also feel like, well, how do I approach the world when I know that we have these sort of? I mean, when you have bad things happen, you can become either a compassionate person or you can become a bigger asshole. It's your choice, mm. right? Mm. So there's like a saying apparently in Russia where. If Fumi has a pig and I don't have a pig, I have to kill his pig. Yeah. There's that kind of idea. What? Yeah, yeah, He yeah, has yeah. something. <laughs> I, don't I don't have, have it. it. I got to go kill it. Oh. Right, right, Or right. you could be like, oh, <laughs> Fumi has a pig or and I don't have a pig. Maybe Fumi could hook me up. That's a different way to look at life. Sure. Mm. So you have to decide, well, which one are you? Damn, that was Russian as oh, shit. Oh, that was really Russian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, must yeah. kill your pig. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Dimitri, Jesus. Um, well, okay, this awesome. is a great transition into what I want to talk about is because, okay, obviously we've had a lot of bummers so far, but it's because it's sort of an uncomfortable topic. And I think every time we talk about race in any context, it can get a little heavy. It can get a little uncomfortable. And we talk about culture and race a lot on this podcast, and we feel it's maybe sure. one of the reasons why like certain people may not be turned on to this podcast because it's just too much for them or they're not used to hearing it. Maybe they get uncomfortable. And I'm always trying to figure out a funny way to talk about it because like, you know, we laugh because through some of this stuff. There is like really in- important information we're, here. We're poets. We're poets, we're poets, you see? We're poets. And, Where's my feather? Um, I think your book 
does that. It, it talks about this uncomfortable thing in like I guess an entertaining way. As, as you know, a, a book is a form of entertainment, and I think there are certain people or or, or, or uh, creators who can do this. So you know, I, I want to talk about HBO's Watchmen for a second. That's a great example yeah. of like really talking about unresolved trauma in this country, shoving it in your face, but still having it on a major media platform like HBO where like millions of people are watching it you know mm. um, so have you got, it, before I get into it have you guys seen Watchmen I've seen every episode did you watch it because I asked you that we're gonna no talk? I watch it because my son watches it oh uh-huh. how old is your son it's a little he more. is gonna be 22 oh okay, oh, okay. okay. it's pretty gruesome in some you think scene. it's gruesome Oh, it's pretty intense. I don't. I mean, I, if you if you said my son is six, I would have been like, I don't know. If that's, <laughs> you know. Well, he was really interested because he loved the wa- comic book. Right. And, oh, and then he watched okay, the okay, film. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then he wanted to see the show. And yeah. I. It's what, very I'm different. Not a, the movie is very. I mean, obviously, it's different storylines, but like even like the takes on it, I, f- I feel it's a very different movie. Exactly. And then yeah. my husband wanted to watch it, so then I thought, okay, I'm going to understand what these guys are interested in, and because I'm starting to create this other TV show, I wanted to understand all the different varieties of things. I was researching. So I, I actually studied The Watchmen. Yeah. I mean, always studying. We, so, always studying. Know, the first scene in the first episode is about like the Tulsa massacre, which is an example of, I mean, I didn't know what that was. Right. And I looked into it and apparently not a lot of people know what it was because it was sort of like purposely deleted from history because it was so awful. Yeah. It's genocide. It's yeah. Complete, and, and it's like, haterade. I mean, it's taking <laughs> to the next, I mean, to the, to the next level. I mean, they literally destroyed black wealth because they could. Right. And this it was the, they, sanctioned they, they, by they the stabbed government. that pig. They killed yeah. the pig. They, they killed the pig. But it was like, it wasn't just some regular white guy. It was the KKK. Like, it couldn't have looked With worse. The With the With government. With the government. With the government. If you don't know what it is, Google, Google it. It's fucking insane. But that's kind of where the story starts and i always think about like you know you know pachinko is also like maybe like an untold historical piece right like this is thing people know about it but it's not i'm you're never gonna learn about that in an american history book let alone just other (laughs) right yeah i think people forget how like the kkk because like i think for a long time i mean now they're kind of resurging unfortunately but like the long time the kkk was like a like they we made fun of them right because like in the 80s and 90s like you know fucking uh, dave Chappelle had this yeah. like hilarious kkk thing but like yeah. yo, a, little, a little before that yo for a long time the kkk was like the shit they were <laughs> yeah i mean i would probably try to join but yo we got we got to hook up with these kkk guys well they, they had that movie birth they, of a nation they have all they all have all the power yeah. all the dudes who you know had wilson aired that film at in the, the white, white house. house and that's and that spiked the membership yeah people want to be up in the no, KKK. justice black a supreme court justice was a member of the kkk that's crazy and it, i mean that's and uh t- the tulsa massacre is also crazy because uh you it's only like 20 years after slavery was abol- abolished and it's weird to think of a time in America where it's like, oh, I remember when we had slavery. Like that, that was all the those sort guys of, were alive. Yeah, right. Like that's sort of like the state of the nation. But I always think about and also, how, um, real okay. quick, it wasn't that long ago. No, let's no. just say no, 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 no. It's not. It's not. Nineteen fifteen or something like that. Twenty twenty one. Nineteen twenty one. Yeah, that's only a hundred years. Yeah. That means like you know your, uh, you know, uh, uh, your, your grandparents remember. Parents, re- you know, remember it. Yeah, yeah. You may have even lived. Could, yeah, yeah, parents could yeah. technically remember it. They remember it. I think the last survivor like died not too long ago he, there was like a whole new yorker piece on you know what i'm like gonna that. tell my kids i'm gonna tell my kids about twerking and i'm gonna tell my kids about twitter <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying when my parents you know if i if my if we were in this country you know my parents would be like i'm gonna tell you about this time when a whole bunch of white people came in and took everything we had and killed us <laughs> you want some pancakes you know what i'm saying like how do you that's why you can't even talk about yeah. it it's so crazy but we've I, survived two impeachments <laughs> oh, that's true. right mm, that's true. these are true. historical events this that 
man, okay, I don't want to get even more of a bummer, but yeah, let's, <laughs> get, let's continue with okay. Watchmen. Yes, Watchmen. And I always think about like with with deleted history. Like uh, I have a lot of like you know my, my black comedian friends. They always tell me about like okay, this happened the other day. My friend was wearing my friend Quan Quan Wiggins. So yeah, funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing a hat that had X on it, like a hat that's X on it. And I was like, oh, are you a fan of Xavier? I thought it was like Xavier University. Like uh, was, they have a big, they have a good basketball team. And he was like, no, it's Malcolm. <laughs> and then all of his black friends laughed at me. Yeah, but yeah. he was like, but that was a good guess. And then I always think about like how they always tell me that like because history books don't cover the stories that are important to like the, the black Americans. For him, he was like, yes, growing up, my parents taught me about Emmett Till and, and Malcolm X. But in my history books, they made Malcolm X to be like very radical. Like in my right. textbook, it was more like Martin Luther King was well, yeah, the good he was, guy. He was like the nice guy. And then Malcolm X, like they just the, w- the way we worded it, I don't remember exactly how they said it, but I just remember yeah, they how position get, him as being. It was just like he's a little dangerous. Like yeah. that's the vibe I got. But for them, it's different. They hear a different story. And like Emmett Till, I don't even know who that was until like five years ago when I when I heard about it and right. I, I looked it up. And so again, like these are like really uncomfortable stories that need to be told. And and Watchmen does an amazing job of that. And I I kind of wanted to open this discussion about like how do you talk about these. It, uh, uncomfortable things in a major platform and you know you're you, i think pachinko is going to be on tv soon right it is are you allowed to talk whoa about it? i can't talk about it because are I'm you allowed to say that oh yeah it's no it's, it's definitely it's um apple tv plus has ordered it to series right and i'm not really part of it right now okay oh, okay so we'll have to see what happens but you know it's like yeah. i mean maybe you're That's not, awesome. so if you're not a part of it then i don't know how much you have control over it but it's the same topic of like you know pachinko again heavy topic how do we talk about this in like a entertaining way you know is there like things you got to watch out for what are some things like because i was thinking about watching um i watched that one called uh what about the central park five when they see us when they see us that's David Duvernay. so heavy and i i remember i couldn't watch it in one sitting just because it was like or really, chernobyl really heavy. chernobyl yeah. very heavy and very I think heavy some things are but very to be beautiful of course and, and incredibly edifying i do believe that entertainment is not always just about feel good i think mm, entertainment yeah. is also about how do we engage with people's need for stories because every single day the three of us we walk outside the house and immediately chaos hits you right for sure immediately yeah you have like 150 wishes that you have in your heart for the day like will the elevator come will the t- will the train be on time mm. and about you're going to get like two things uh-huh. About two, you'll get two things at yeah. the end of the day, and that's a yeah. pretty that's a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Right, exactly. So what I'm trying to figure out is, well, we t- have all this chaos. How do you make it into meaning? Mm. And that is what storytelling is. I think people are hungry for this information. That's true. I think people listen to podcasts because they're trying to get insight. They want fact plus insight, and they want to feel engaged, and they want to trust people. Right. Do you? Uh, what, what? So just tell us, what do you think about Watchmen? Let, let, hit, hit us. Get nerd out. Okay, if you really want to know, I think it's really radical and beautiful. Yes. So that's amazing. I have a problem with the way Asian people are treated in this Ooh. story. Oh, there's Viet's. Yeah, yeah. So just a quick day. background. Again, I'm not spoiling the thing. Watchmen, it, the HBO version is... Uh, it focuses a lot more on race. It's Yes, it's, it's an alternate universe, and it's 30 years after the comic book. So basically, um, Robert Redford is president. He's president for 30... So Rich, so Watergate never happened. Nixon keeps on being president. Robert Redford wins the next election. He's president for 30 years, and he's a Democrat. So what happens... It's a story about, like, what happens in this world where, you, where the left kind of gets a lot of things that they are talking about how they want it, right? So 
um, they have they they have um, everybody has electric cars. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. There are reparations for black people. Yeah. But there's an equal reaction to that. So what happens when the left keeps getting what they want? Well, you get the fucking revival of the KKK. Yeah. Now they go by this name called Seventh Calvary with with a K. It's just a new form of the KKK. Right. And now you got this thing where like the police are interrogating people for being racist. Mm. That's like a crime now. Mm. You know. So it's like wh- you know it what should you be th- a crime, right? <laughs> but it's like but it's like and I think. That's totally fine, but you never think about like what do you think happens on the other side when when the liberals get what they want, and mm. it, it, it's very honest about that world. So that's kind of like the world that we're we're kind of playing with. Yeah. Um, and Vietnam comes into play because we America wins the Vietnam War. Vietnam becomes the fifty first state, and so there's a lot of Vietnamese, Vietnamese people living in America and vice versa. And in fact, our main character, who's a uh, who's a black female cop, grew up in Vietnam. Woo, man, fall must be so good in this. So universe. what's what's your what's your issue with the way Asian people are? So. Just to be really clear, I really love this show. I love the treatment of the Tulsa massacre. I also really like the fact that African Americans can get this information in a really wonderful way. Yeah. The story is done. The timeline is really interesting. So all that is check, 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 A+. plus. But the way they treat Vietnam, I'm giving them a D minus. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't really get it because I haven't seen. So I haven't seen this episode. I don't mind if you spoil it. I don't give a shit. You're talking about that scene where they have like a uh, a restaurant called Burgers and Borscht. Oh no, that's the least of it. <laughs> no, I just want to get, just statistically speaking, it makes no sense. So mm. we're talking about a race war between blacks and whites in this television show. Yeah. And it's all based on this long ago historical right. massacre. I get that. And again, this whole premise that if the liberals get what they want, like reparations, what will happen? That doesn't make any sense at all if you think about this one thing. If Vietnam war is technically one whatever that fuck whatever that, that means, means whatever yeah. the fuck that means and it really annoys means. me because um they have this blue god coming and killing all those people yeah, right dr manhattan shouts yeah. dr huge, huge penis <laughs> with his right so, <laughs> so she went to harvard yeah, <laughs> so what you have is you have this um blue god who essentially quote unquote wins the vietnam war right, right, right. vietnam becomes a 51st state now, let's just think about this. And I it's supposed to be 2019. Yeah. If there's 96 million Vietnamese and they are now a state of the United States, that's the 51st state. The current U.S. population is 327 people. Okay. You, I just add another 100 to it. Yeah. That means that the Asian population, which is currently 5%. Right? And you oh, add, now, oh you're, now you're at 25%. The oh racial imbalance would <gasps> actually not be between blacks and whites. It's actually between whites who used to be 65%, and they would diminish dramatically, and then it would be the Vietnamese and Asian population would be almost 26%. Oh, yo, Would shit. we really be afraid <gasps> of African-Americans? Oh, this, is why, this is why we don't uh, incorporate Puerto Rico into, as a new state. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> we so, kind of strip away all their voting powers. We don't talk about it in the show right now, yeah. but if you really think about it, you would have 90 over 96 million Vietnamese that you'd have to contend with, plus the 5% of Asian Americans in this country. So the racial balance that you'd be really afraid of is actually Asians, oh, not African Americans. Oh, yo. shit. Yo, you got, yo, welcome We're, to my country. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing yeah. here? Yes, in, yeah. the, in the new version, Dr. Manhattan is an actual doctor. Also, I have a feeling, I haven't seen the movie, but if he wins the war, I. Does he does he do it by just killing like thirty million Vietnamese people? He just kills all the Viet Cong because he's God. I mean, that's a lot. He can just kill everybody. <laughs> he just does this and he can kill everybody. That's a lot of Vietnamese people. Yeah. That's a lot of. I mean, we lost a lot of Vietnamese people already. So all yeah, right. But during the war, the South Vietnam 
the side that we are technically on, right. lost 1.3 million people. Shit. The North lost about 650,000, which means that we lost more yeah. mm. Vietnamese people. Yeah. Total numbers, well, they're saying that it's between a million to four million Vietnamese casualties died in the war, a 20-year war. Which Bummer. The, which, the US, <laughs> which the West lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They yeah. lost. They yeah. lost a fucking war. Yeah. So this little story is in a way a kind of like... A, a kind of fantasy of what would have happened, right? Right, 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 That's right. I mean, you know, that that part of the show, that detail is probably something they have to keep because it's in the original comic books, you know? But it's but it's but it's interesting. It's it's almost like they do all this research on the Cold War because the, the original comic books about the Cold War and they. You know why? Because we lost. Yeah. Oh. oh, is that why they wrote it? I don't know why he. No, wrote no, no. The I'm, no, I mean, what I'm just thinking about is. That television show is constantly focusing on the fucking squid killing three million New Yorkers. Yeah. Now, I, this is my hometown. I care about New York. Yeah. But really, why do three million lives of New Yorkers matter more than the Vietnamese lives that were lost? Mm. That's oh. racist. Mm. Yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Is it? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's racist or at the time was it just because it's like a it's like a developed country versus. Because, you know, at the time, they viewed some of these war-torn countries as like, oh, look at these savages, right? So it's like, was it like, was it like more of like a first-world country versus a not a first-world country? And the way they value but lives But Europe thinks Americans are savages. Mm. America's 350-plus years old. Yeah. Europe is thousands of years old. And, and China basically is five to 6,000 years old, if you think about civilization. Right, right. And they think that we're essentially kind of like crawling and, you know, knuckle-draggers as far as they're concerned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I, yeah. This is so interesting. I never thought about it. It's, that it's so lens. interesting the way that because but they I, didn't consult obviously right. Asian American experts on this show because yeah. if they had, they would have been like because they were kind of like high fiving each other, going, "We're white people making a show about African Americans, aren't we doing great?" And I'm going, "Yes, you did. Good, good for you." Right. But hey, why are you making the Vietnam War the background and the Vietnamese people as background? And so far, every single Vietnamese character in that show is portrayed in a really problematic stereotypical trope kind of way they're like su suicide bombers they're the two the only two vietnamese men in that show are terrorists yes well, <laughs> and then the main character is like a science person who is insane and yeah. a dragon lady and a pathological and toxic parent you're right right right, right. yeah i mean i always feel that uh i mean if you uh, i and am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that, hey, I, I'm really, really happy for African-Americans, and I am, for this great story, and I would fall on a sword for Regina King. Yeah, for sure. She's great. But for the Vietnamese people, and of, of which I'm not a member, right. I feel really pissed. Now I'm going to... Mm. So, you know, to, this is so interesting. So to your point, I'm trying to write this joke about the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> can I work and, some... And here's the thing is that, Let's like, do this. Let's do this. So obviously, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm a, the product of the history, right? And, sure. But it's really hard for me to go back and read it. Because I just I just read the Wikipedia article like finally like the whole just like the main article which isn't it's even long. like about it's the really, war? really long about the war okay. I mean I yeah you know, I I had a sense of what happened and why you know the major events and stuff like that but um, it's just so terrifying because it was and you you were talking about how I'll, you know you wrote Pachenko and you had to do all this research in order to like have the grounding in order to tell the story. You know, and of course, like as as a poet, <laughs> and as a comedian, as a funny like, poet, yeah, as a funny poet, it's like it's not super important that I hit every single thing correctly, you know. No, of course but not. at the same time, I do want to know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Yes, and <laughs> please. And it's funny that in this in this story, you know, 
I think all stories they need to like, you know, things happen because this is the reaction that a real person would really have. You know what I'm saying? And and all the history is tied together, and it's like a it's a chain, right? If you read the more you read about history, the more you realize that like the problems we have now were were they were seeded thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago, absolutely. And it's a chain; it keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. Like you can connect the Middle East crisis to the Crusades. Like it's one long 100%. chain, a hundred percent. And it's just like it's not like this just came out of nowhere. So it's funny. No, we've been dumb for a long time. We are so stupid mm. yes. as a people. Yes. It's crazy that we're and mean. still here. We're, we're dumb and mean. We're dumb and mean and we're stabbing each other's pigs. And thank and God. God. <laughs> and like, thank God for comics. Yes. But like, so, it's too, so it's interesting that I, be, I read this story and I don't know if I if you internalize it, but, you know, we just, I mean, that the Vietnam War, we on top of the horrible casualties we just wasted lives we just like thousands of people just died for no reason millions millions and millions of people just died for no reason and children um, died children and it's just like for for not even you know you know obviously there's like the 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 violence of the shooting but there's just like starvation there's all sorts of things but um and these are white people who had ideas the proxy wars at vietnam and korea right these are proxy so that's the funny thing is that i'm reading i'm reading this and I'm promise I'm going to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things. A, you keep like reading the story, and it's like no one seems to ask the Vietnamese people what they want. <laughs> and mm. you know, it's always like, oh, oh, Lyndon Johnson had this idea. We're going to do this. I'm yeah. like, why? You know? Yeah. And it was just it's just an idea this dude had. Some dude, some white people had. Two young white guys in Washington D.C. split up Korea. Yes. Who had never been to Korea. It's crazy. Right now, the Korea is divided based on two clowns. <laughs> Oh shit! So, and then the other thing is, um, (laughs) I guess the point I wanted to make is like you want to. I think a story is really interesting when, obviously, it's it feels real because these are things that real people would do. And I think that Watchmen is trying to do that. Actually, is like these characters all make sense and the history makes sense. But to your point, the Vietnamese thing. You know, like just the numbers alone. You you suddenly add ninety six million more Vietnamese people. Yeah. And then, we're, but we're still in the background. But we're how, still but in the how background. was that fact somehow dropped? Yeah. In understanding the show. Yeah. And almost like if, well, they, if they have so much money, if they just consulted a couple people, I feel like they could have just made that part. They could have called us for free, and we'd have said, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, by the way, I would have done it free." <laughs> but I think this is this. this <laughs> we had a free consulting said, service. Just then. Google number of people yeah. in Vietnam. <laughs> add it to three hundred twenty-seven million. Divide it by the ratio, and you would find twenty six percent would be Vietnamese or Asian American. But like that's the thing is that, like, and you know, the whole theme of a lot of what we do is like nobody seems to ever think about what about our point of view. Well, that's, about what, that's what this podcast is about. They the don't care. They don't care. <laughs> In the Wikipedia article, I there's care. Like million. You care. I care. There's care. one. No, there's but you one. know what? I, I'm going to say something really insane and arrogant. Let's yes. Do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's yes, do it. I love it. I care because I value myself. Ah. And every single time an Asian American or Asian person says, just let it go, it's not important. Mm. Then I say, well, you don't care about yourself. I teach at colleges, I speak around the world, and I meet Asians and Asian American youth. And I could tell how much they've been defeated by how many times they've been told that doesn't matter. And I tell them, no, you gotta take up space. You gotta start talking, even if you don't like it. Okay, I wanna ask you, yeah. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So on Twitter. <laughs> How's that space? I'm on that Twitter machine. Yes. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I love. Uh, I don't love Twitter. I hate Twitter. But I always feel. I don't hate Twitter. I, I, you don't hate Twitter? No. Okay. Why would I hate Twitter? I don't. Okay, here's the thing. Why I hate Twitter? <laughs> here's the thing. Why is that? Like, I just, I see other people, other people's tweets. Sure. And they're like doing their thing, and I always think, 
you know, you, you got like a, a, the, the, the young comic and she's talking about dating. And you got another, the black comic, he's got like funny black Twitter. And I'm always like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to write a tweet and I'm like, who cares what I think? I, I always think about think. that. But that's the thing. How do I undo the mind fuck that I've been had in my mind? Because I always think like, who I think cares about what a Vietnamese no. dude thinks? A de- oh my gosh, Vietnamese I really middle care. middle-aged dude thinks. I really care. Decolonization is like a muscle that you need to develop. You know when you don't go to the gym for a long time? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I work out all the time. Right, go ahead. I speak from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a marshmallow. So <laughs> You're a marshmallow Asian. Right. Yeah. I'm a marshmallow Asian, but I'm sweet and delicious. <laughs> and I go well with rice. Uh, hey, so anyway, <laughs> I know. I got that one. <laughs> Crispies, get it? Okay. Yeah. So um, I think it's like a muscle. It's a weak muscle. It's going to hurt initially, but you get better and better and better at it mm-hmm. until you can dominate. And I am interested in you guys dominating. I am interested in the next generation, especially Generation Z and millennials dominating who are Asian American yeah. and Asian because they are not getting heard. Mm. And we are complicit. Ooh, ooh, we yeah, are yeah. complicit. Mm. For sure, for sure, for sure. So yeah. we have to say, fuck no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're hearing it from this Ajima, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on my t-shirt. Ajima, fuck no, or fuck no, yeah. quote by Ajima. Uh, <laughs> fuck no, love it. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, everybody, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, Again, if you're not familiar with what we're doing right now, uh, we have a Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com slash Asian, not Asian pod, where you can donate to our show. There's different tiers, and you can donate as little as, like, $1 if you want to or as high as 20 or whatever you want to. And depending on what what tier you sign up for, you get different prizes. And one of the things that – one of the rewards that everybody gets is a quick shout-out on the podcast. And And we try to guess what ethnicity you are based on your last name. We're getting pretty good. We're getting pretty good. So here we go. Justin Chan. Chan. Chinese. C H A N? Yeah. Chan. Yeah. Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> he's a Chinese. He's, Chinese. He's a mother. Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Yue. Yue. Y U E. Also a Chinese man. A Chinese man. No, you're a, hey, you're a man. Hey, you're a Jonathan. Chi- Jonathan, you're a Chi- Chi- you, you got, you're a good Chinese <laughs> man. Uh, Michael T. Lee. L E E. L E E. That's Korean, I think. Could be, Korean. you know, that that's like one of those like catch-alls. Lee's a catch-all. Le- Lee, this dude could be white. You know, Lee means, uh, it means woods. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why it's a catch-all, I think. Because or no, I think Lynn means woods. Shit, I don't know what Lee means. Oh, come on now. Come on. I come f- on I now. Up. Come on Spencer, now. <laughs> Spencer Uemura. That's Japanese. That's a Japanese man. <laughs> they, you can tell. You can tell because they got way more vowels, vowels. in their Uemura last means, uh, in their surnames. Uemura means um up village. 
Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. some like you know n- you know Naruto Sky Clan Sky village. Clan village. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Cecilia Schroyer. 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 S H R O E. I think this person didn't. Th- does this person say yeah. that we wouldn't be able to guess? Yeah, she uh, she challenged us. She's like, I bet you can't guess. Did you look her up? Did you creep on her? Well, I know anything that's with S H is German. German. So yes. She's probably half German. Half German. The other half probably Asian because she listens to this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> what kind of Asian? I'm gonna say know, German Jewish. Chinese. Oh, you think this person is a uh, what is that called when when the Jewish person is from the European part? Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a Jewish German, uh, because Asian people love Jewish people. Yeah. So Asian true, true, true. German a- Jew German Jewish Chinese. Why All right. Not? Let's okay. do it. Let's okay. do it. I think that's right. And uh, a couple more left. I have a yeah. good feeling. L A newsstand letters, not a race. What? L A newsstand letters. Like an, like an institution donated to us. What? <laughs> LA newsstand letters. Oh, man. I'm going to say Japanese. Japanese person for <laughs> sure. And then rounding this out, we got Michaela Kettner. K-E-T-N-E-R. Kettner. 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 I'm going to cheat and Google this. Kettner. You know, as much as we name. make fun of Asian people for having difficult names to guess. Actually, it's very easy to guess. But like white people, impossible to guess their names. Okay. Kettner. It's from the kingdom of Bavaria. What's that? Bavaria? Is that That's like a It's like a Germany kind of... Germans love us, dude. Like Ger- Germans love Japanese things since World War II and shit. <laughs> they love us, dude. They were like, yo, we should work together we should work again. <laughs> that was pretty... <laughs> hey, 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 Japan, we, we really like that. <laughs> we should work together again. You, you think about working together? Oh, God. We All almost right. had them. <laughs> we almost had them. You have to admit to Emperor. Round two? Yeah. <laughs> Let's try it. <laughs> All right, everybody, check out our Patreon page. Thank you. Yay. So um, I was uh, watching, you know, recently uh, um, on Patriot Act, the Sun Manager show. He's great. Um, did you check out the show episode? I attended it. Oh, Whoa! What? this is crazy. It's like, do you watch Watchmen? All of it. Have you yeah. seen that song clip? I was there live. I wrote it. <laughs> I am Hassan Minaj. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so no, I'm a big fan of Hassan Minaj, and I was invited to attend the rehearsal by the producer Amy Zong who essentially pitched the entire show and she pitched it starting in August it was really hard for her to do for sure and then she contacted me and said hey I'd love to know what your notes are on the show so I went and I was so happy with it because again it's about all of us flexing but again she's a classic example she's I think 26 so she's a millennial Mm -hmm. right Mm mm-hmm and unless you have you guys entering in these spaces and saying, hey, this is interesting, it's important, it's not going to happen. Yes. That's the thing is it was a very funny episode. So just Proof, real quick, you know? the episode is, um, it starts off, it's, it's, it talks about Andrew Yang and it talks about how for a while um, the mainstream media didn't cover him. And even though he has like this very strong base and whether or not you... And you he know, qualified. And he qualified. He's, he keeps Again. qualifying. He, he keeps qualifying. He, he's, he's, uh, he's hanging in there. And whether or not you, uh, so, you know, are a Yang Gang guy or whatever, I understand a lot of people aren't, which is fair. Um, My son is. Yeah, he really? Mm-hmm. Uh, what What does he like about? He loves UBI. Who yeah, doesn't want go. free money? <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Um, it, we, so the the first thing he talks about is like, you know, the mainstream media doesn't, it, it kind of doesn't put him into a lot of things. And, you know, they contend that they sort of ignore him. And this kind of ties into what you were talking about, that like, you know, our stories get minimized or our stories aren't considered important. And even we think that, you know, I think there's a there's a little there's a little thing where everybody who puts on Andrew Yang so far and Mike 
universe has been Asian American. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's weird. I'm kind of like thinking, you know, I don't hear white people saying these shit about him. Oh, um, I think he does have a. a I think a he does have base. some. Yeah. No, he yeah. has Asian American followers for sure. But the people who seem most interested in making sure that he goes away are Asian Americans. Oh, he goes away. Oh, yeah. oh wait, wait. Oh, okay, yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. really weird because it's not that. I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. My son is absolutely a member of the Yang Gang, so I can say that with conviction. <laughs> so I've actually studied his platform. Mm. And I realized that he might be embarrassing people by making all these Asian American jokes for and being sure. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, the that, main, that's the main that's, barrier. I that's think. one of the things that uh, actually happens in the episode is that like people were uh, they on this, the, this on the girl street. confronts her. Right. He, he yeah. confronts him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I disagreed with Andrew Yang's position on Shane Gillis. I did. Okay. Yeah. I did. I, w- did. I said, you know what? What Shane Gillis said wasn't funny. One, so mm-hmm. aesthetically, it was stupid. And then two, I thought it's not okay to say those things about my kids or about the people that I love. It's not. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. forget it. So that was one, and I was quoted in the New York Times for saying that, mm-hmm. and I have no problems with it. Flex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> but if I don't flex for the right things, what is the point of having that muscle, right? Mm. So, but going back to uh, Yang, I'm so surprised people automatically say he's some sort of joke or he's not taken seriously, and I'm thinking. He just—he's the only person of color left now on the oh, debate yes, who's qualified. That's right. oh, the Booker only one. Yeah. Oh, shit, Booker hasn't qualified yet. Oh shit! That's crazy. Why is that crazy? I mean, it's crazy. I think I guess it's there's like a mayor from Indiana who qualified. That's crazy. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying is that, you know, what is going on where the people of color are not supporting the other people of color, and then we're you, you know what I'm saying? I, I almost feel like I don't even know what side I'm on because. Well, I, you know, like we're not like getting behind Andrew well, Yang, I mean, but I like, don't know. A if lot we of people don't vote for just because you know Kamala Harris was black, but there was uh, the the Daily did a whole thing about people who a lot of black voters didn't want to vote for her because mm. they didn't think she was good enough to beat Trump, and that's but, what they want. But that's you know the, what I'm saying? I guess that sort of thing is that like I also she put a lot of black women in jail. Yes, yeah, there that was that. Yeah, that's a problem. That yeah, is definitely yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's police, as yeah. they say. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I feel like you know we we hit on this topic all the time, but like. You know, I think a lot of people are nervous about Andrew Yang because, like, we don't have that much representation. And mm-hmm. then whenever there is someone, that person has got to be, like, awesome. Yeah. You know? Or and, perfect. Or perfect. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've, we're people. We yeah. stab pigs. We we're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on, like... I want more. Yes. I want lots and lots of people around who are really different. And I want us to disagree and yet be willing to have engagement Mm -hmm. but i think this expectation for the one for the messiah to come who's a perfect comic the perfect writer the perfect politician you guys are that's this is immature it's an immature way to look at the world wow yeah what do you think about this other thing that was brought up in the thing about um how there's low like uh is it called votership like the voting rates oh yeah like uh, we don't vote yeah it's it's asian americans don't vote and it's like the chicken or the egg like are politicians not reaching out to asian americans because they don't vote or do they not vote because they don't reach out to them kind of thing like did you guys grow up like hearing about politics in your home are are you guys you know would you consider yourself a a political activist i am a political activist without question i would never do my work unless i felt very strongly about my tradition of activism i have basically protested all of my life. I'm essentially an angry person for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the most joyful 
angry slash depressed person you're ever going to meet. Okay. Yeah. Very so, Korean. Yeah. Thank I like you. That. Thank you. I have lots of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it's it's really good for art. That said, um, I wanted to add a tiny bit of color to that episode, which is that I did a lot of campaigning and canvassing when I was in law school. So I actually did phone banks for Clinton's first campaign. Whoa. And they gave me phone lists of Asian American names to call in Washington, D.C. So I did. In D.C., there's a lot of Vietnamese yeah. people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Koreans. There's a lot of Chinese Americans. Yeah. And you can tell by their last names. So I would call them. Yeah. And very often when they picked up the phone, they were really afraid to tell me what they thought of the candidates. You know why? Why? And it makes perfect sense if you think about it. It's because they come from countries in which censorship was really important. Yes, oh. yes, yes, they yes, could yes, throw yes. your ass in jail if you said, I don't like this one candidate, yeah. but I like this other candidate. So why should they tell oh. a total stranger on the phone? Because they don't know me from anybody. Yeah. But I remember when I was a law student campaigning thinking, oh, I wonder why they don't. And then of course, like later I thought about it, it's like, duh. Mm-hmm. I'm a total stranger. They could think that this is recorded. They could think that I could come ha- come in a van, snatch yeah, them up disappear. and throw yep. them in a jail. Yeah. yeah. And in other countries today, that's what happened. So yeah. I thought, oh, that wasn't included, but it's not. It's probably because the show can only be 25 minutes. You can't put everything in there. Right, right, but right, 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 right. Whoa. The, the, there's one thing that's, that's, what do you think about this? So, you know, we're like 6% of the population, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. if you like round And we're up. growing. Yeah, we're growing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you, but I'm then, trying to look larger. <laughs> I'm, trying to get, I'm trying to get swole. I'm at the gym all the time. <laughs> But the, I think a lot of times people say, oh, well, this, you know, it's just because we don't have the numbers. We don't have enough people to, I don't know, whatever it is. Like, so that's why we don't have movies made about us because we're not a, like, a big enough market. Or we, people don't reach out to us because, uh, it, you know, to uh, as a political force because we're not large There's enough. There's not enough of us. There's not enough enough, okay. enough of us, quote unquote. Okay. What do you, well, you know, do you have a, what do you, how do you respond to that? You know? I think it's really silly mm. because not only are the numbers of in America growing mm-hmm. and we're a fast growing population. We're also connected to Asian countries and there are more Asians than white people in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So why would you be forgetting that little tiny fact? Yeah. Of the fact that you have like, for example, the number of Indonesians in the world, most people have no idea. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Everybody. Right. Yeah. They're like Indonesia. They're, going, they're more Indonesians than are Koreans. They're going, really? And I'm going, yes, dummy. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> they're not dropping fire bangers from K-pop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But there's also so much money that we're not thinking about yes there yes. is and also so much organization like i would put up five asian american women or men versus five white guys any day of the week in terms of like getting shit done so <laughs> i kind of think no i don't think it's just about the pure numbers look at other numbers and look think about the strengths that we have so the problem is that you know in wall street i don't know if you guys are involved in wall street at all nope we're failures go I, ahead. I actually work in the world trade center there you go <laughs> so by, by proximity bur- you are bur- <laughs> i deal with bankers <laughs> but in the investment world there's a kind of a historical statement they'll say past performance is no indication for future performance mm-hmm. okay past performance is no indication for future performance which means like if xerox did well once will they continue to do well no right yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. the world changes now, people keep saying Asian Americans, we don't have any clout in media. How would we know? Mm. We have a couple of tiny little things. Yeah. Like, we're not allowed to fail. Yeah. Like, it's not Asian yeah. American parents who aren't allowing us to fail. It's fucking Hollywood that's not allowing us to fail. Yes. Mm. White people in Hollywood fail 90% of the time. Constantly. 
constantly yeah. and they still get work so i have a problem with that yes i mean they got air bud you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dog, dogs versus cats was a movie <laughs> hey leave Airbud out of this all right he's he's a good guy um we should feel empowered i actually feel really empowered i don't feel defeatist at all and i'm 51 so you guys have to feel even more power you feel so yeah i mean i th- with everything happening you know i feel democracy is like being eroded i feel there's like the rise of the right and all, all over the world fucking the conservatives won in in the latest election in 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 the, um, in the uk mm-hmm. how how do you feel like i feel something terrible i mean i, I read history and i'm just like wow we had you know terrible things happen all the time and you know i feel like is there sometimes i feel like something even worse is about to happen how do you feel how do you how do you stay so positive <laughs> oh know? because history isn't linear or progressive it's cyclical mm. So it's kind of like, I mean, I think the Watchmen's actually a really good illustration of that. So you have a resurgence when you have certain people getting rights. So like, let's say Team Blue gets rights and then Team Red gets mad. Well, fine. Now, if Team Red wins, maybe Team Blue will get mad and we'll start acting crazy. Mm. I think that we're going to become more powerful. I do. As a matter of fact, in my classes, when when I have Asian American students who say things like, well, you know, they'll talk about everything, but they won't talk about race. And I mm. say, you know, white people have race too. Yeah. So you're going to have to mention race. I need to understand, in order to understand a human being, I need to understand their socioeconomic class, their education background, their family, as well as their race. You need to put that shit in. And they're always like, are you sure? I'm going, yes, I'm sure. I mean, Tolstoy wasn't worried about not being ra- Russian. Mm. No one was asking Tolstoy, oh, by the way, are you going to continue to write about Russian? Doesn't that a little weird? <laughs> you think maybe you could write about... <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You think maybe you could write about yoga? Yeah. Tolstoy, <laughs> hey, Tolstoy, this is a bummer. Do you think we could get, uh, you know, maybe we can get Adam Driver in yeah, one of your yeah, books? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I need a t-shirt like that. I Nobody know. ever told Tolstoy not to be right. Ru- I know. I fucking hate. I, oh, I'm getting so heated. That's so funny. <laughs> I hate it. I fucking. I've been it's, thinking, it's in your head though, I've bro. I've thinking about like, because people are always like, oh, I don't want to write too many Asian jokes, yeah. but I've been writing more and more of them recently. Yeah. You're going to get better. You're going to become famous. And Watch trust my words but like it's just (laughs) but i'm just like why why can't i just talk about these things you know a a lot of people we were going to talk about this later but a lot of people were kind of hating on um one of the fung brothers because he had had a he had a he had a little you know um, stand-up set set come out yeah and you know some people were kind of hating on him about like oh well you know there's too much asian stuff and i go i've never I never get tired of Asian stuff. I never get tired of me. I never look in the mirror and go, man, I'm tired <laughs> this of... This is... You gotta, you gotta bring this down do something else. <laughs> you know, I never get tired of Vietnamese food. I never get tired of Asian food. I never talk... Dude, that's a great point. You, you know? never, I never get, get tired of, of that. Your own food. You know, so I feel like, you know, there's... You know, you can never get tired of this topic because it's just... It's, it is who we are. Yeah. And, it, and I... And if people keep saying, well, can you stop talking about that? I haven't even started talking about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I can't even, you know, pe- but but we can't get into it if people keep telling me, hey, do, a, do a joke about, do a joke about, you know, living in New York instead. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Damn, dude. And, uh, ooh, I'm sweaty. I'm sweaty. Well, um, but you know what? Talking about the stuff that really interests you, it's yeah. your best material. That's true. And as a matter of fact, the more particular, the more universal becomes more universal. Yeah, we always talk <gasps> you always about say this. that. We always talk oh about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the thing is, it's really true. <laughs> <laughs> the more particular, and also, I think you should only write the stuff that only you can write that not anyone else can do. Yes, like, true. no one can rip my stuff off. Nobody. No, no, one can. no one can. Oh, for sure. No way. I'm like, this is my stuff now, and it's it's the stuff that I want to write about. If you want to write about it, go right ahead. But I know it's really hard. 
<laughs> Man, yeah. I feel you and I, we can do do the thing where we like merge, like in Dragon Ball. Fusion. Fusion. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much Asian. Ah. Hollywood's like, no. <laughs> Unless it makes some money. Yeah. And if that makes some money, they'll be like, yeah, ship it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. love Fusion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, that was our episode, everybody, with Minjin Lee. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank this you. was this probably the, you, one of the best conversations I've had on this podcast. I, so I want to take your class. Can yeah, I, can I we, we class? should drive up there and take some take I'll take a class. <laughs> I will... I would be so, oh my gosh, I would be so nervous taking your class. Oh my gosh. No, my uh, my class thrilled. is really fun. Oh, yeah, it's really awesome fun. to know that I got into Amherst, so that's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where can, what, what's going on with you? Anything our listeners should know about you? Uh, your you know, social media? Are there any events coming up? Anything, anything you, you want to plug? plug? Uh, you, oh, you know, you, I think my next uh, book is going to come out in probably two years. It's called Name Recognition. Okay. Awesome. And it's about, it's a memoir. It's about how to become visible as an Asian American. Okay. Whoa. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. okay. We need that book now. Uh, but you also got, um, you know, everybody check out Pachenko. Oh, it's incredible. Pachenko, check it out. Incredible, um, incredible book. That's a, it's a great book. I guess it's going to be a series as well. It is going to be a series, I believe, at Apple TV. That's oh, amazing. Wow. Holy um, shit. And do you have a social media you want to plug? I'm on everything. She's on everything. I'm too Ninja old, Lee. but I'm still on everything. She's yeah. got the check. She's got the check. Oh, the verified? Oh, I'm a verified person. Yeah, yeah. Legit. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at AsianNotAsianPod. I'm also on there at TheFumiAbe. That's T-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. And you can catch me on Instagram at NicePantsBro. And please come check out our next live stand-up comedy show called Hack City. It's going to be January 15th yeah, here yeah. at Canal Street Market 267 Canal Street. Tickets are available online. Just Google Hack City Comedy. Or uh, or actually, company Eventbrite, or there's a link in my uh, Instagram, and that's January fifteenth, two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty, twenty twenty, twenty twenty. Um, I think that is it. Oh my God, what a what a wonderful conversation this was. We're, yeah, we. I want you, I want to have you back. You could be our resident expert, just overall. <laughs> yes. Just, this is what we needed. We need. We someone just needed somebody smart who, <laughs> not a dumbass comedian, dude. You know what's great is that I, it, it looks like she, she just she just basically just Googled it. Unlike us, who just were eh, we're just gonna get in there. We get all our we're friends. We're gonna get in there. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah. fine. God damn. But uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation, and uh, please come back again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Asian Not Asian is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market.